Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. How's it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another lead lap. My goodness, we are already back to another Monday night. It seems like we just got finished with the last one. Happy to be back in the host. Well, I was going to say in the host chair, but I'd technically be lying. I'm sitting on the host's stool in uh, the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined in studio by Red James Mellick. Um, doing the production quite capably, I might add. We do have a full show for you tonight. Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport, uh, who has been a part of our Race Chaser Radio crew for uh, five, six years now. Jacob's going to be calling in in a little while. He has uh, just gotten back from Homestead, Miami, where he spent uh, the weekend in the middle of the mess, you might say, uh, covering all of NASCAR Championship weekends. So, Excited to uh, have Jacob on to kind of help us break down the weekend that was because, boy, there are so many storylines to talk about uh, that happened over the weekend. Not only the races themselves, the winners, the champions, etc., but uh, a lot of stuff to, to, to unpack there. Um, and then, of course, we've also got uh, Jackson Gill coming up in the next hour. Jackson is... From way up in northern New York, but we we are having him on the show because he now twice in a row has won the dirt car sportsman portion of the short track world championships uh, at uh, the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And Jack is one of the rising stars of the north, 17 years old, on the, uh, the dirt circuit, uh, dirt sportsman circuit moving up to the 358 small block dirt modified division for 2020. So we're going to talk to him about all of that. We want you to get to know him. And uh, so we're going to talk to Jack in the next hour as well. We've got a fight to talk about. No, it didn't happen in NASCAR. I, say, I, don't, I didn't know that. I didn't didn't know happen in NASCAR, that. but there was a fight. We'll talk about that uh Probably uh, while Jacob's with us, because I'm sure he'll want to weigh in on it. It was in NHRA. Oh, I did see something on that. Yes. I did see a little something on that. And and I'm about to do something here. Uh, To the viewers on TV, you haven't got to see who Producer Red is. And guess what? You're about to see him for the first time. And uh, I figured I would go ahead and put a camera on myself tonight, introduce myself to the world. Producer Red, this is me. Pretty slick, isn't he? Happy to have. Now you know why we call him Red, see? (laughs) It's a method to the madness here. We're not lying. We say it's, it's red. Um, but uh, happy to have James with us. He's been a part of our broadcast uh, crew now for the last uh, few months since we've been here at uh, WSIC. And um, we're excited to have James a part of it. But as we mentioned, a fight to talk about. We've got F1. We had some interesting action in that race as well. Going to break that one down before we're done. And uh, gosh, I uh, some rumor mill stuff going on. Coyla Joy appears to be out of the 32 car. We'll talk to you a little bit about. Really? Yeah. I didn't um, hear well, that I guess one. we can. We might as well jump in. Yeah, you and I, I can I chat about I it. I didn't hear that. So that's news to me. Right this there. is kind of fresh off the press this morning. Um, it started, or at least for, for me anyway, it started when I saw a tweet from Randy that basically sounded an awful lot like he was 
more or less thanking the Go Fast Racing team for a great season and saying goodbye. And uh, now there had been rumors that uh, Cole Custer may end up in that car. Um, and then it just recently here, we got the word last week that Cole was going to drive the 41 car and replace Daniel Suarez. Well, the latest rumor is Daniel Suarez is going to be in the 32. Suarez to the 32. Suarez to the 32. Wow, I haven't heard that yeah. one. I thought he was going to go over to uh, front row. Well, that I think that's we kind of all thought that, I think, at least to a degree, because it seemed a logical opening. I mean, you, the, you there's at least two yeah. cars over there with no driver at this point. And that's, that's and, wild to me because of the fact of all the big-name drivers are pretty much off the block now. Because of the signing with Hemrick over to Junior Motorsports. Well, yeah. Now, here's the thing, though, with Suarez. We should have seen this coming because, uh, remember, Archie St. Hilaire and the Go Fast Racing team signed a technical partnership agreement for 2020 with Stuart Haas. Yeah. And so when, when they had a chance to bring Cole up, I think Gene Haas decided let's put Cole in the house car, which... Again, uh, you know, Cole's father, Joe, is kind of second in command over there. I guess I should say third uh, behind Gene and Tony. And so not hard to understand why you'd want Cole in the 41 car if you could get him. And I think he certainly earned the opportunity. Suarez um, apparently is bringing a good bit of sponsorship, but the deal was made and committed to late enough that I think Gene thought it was better to just go ahead and put Cole in the 41. And then Tony went to bat for Daniel, apparently. And this is where all of this seems to be coming together and flowing in the direction of putting him in the 32 car. Because that's kind of the fifth Stuart Haas car for next year. Yeah. So it appears, and again, I'm stressing that because we don't want to make something of not of, of nothing yet, but the, the strong indication is that it could well be that Suarez replaces LaJoy in the 32, stays in the Stuart Haas family, and uh, that would leave Randy open. Now, what's interesting is, of course, you got two front row cars sitting there. So at that point, you would think that Randy, oh, not Randy, Corey, Corey. Randy is Corey's dad. My old brain once in a while just drifts back about 10 years. You all have to just uh, be patient with me. Um, but uh, Corey, you'd think that, that Corey would go over to the 30, either the 36 or the 38. Yeah. One or the other. Um, and, and we think Nemechek will probably, at least there were indications that both sides wanted to work something out to put him full time in one of the cars. So again, maybe Corey LaJoy and John Hunter Nemechek with Michael McDowell, who it appears is coming back to the 34, though no deal has been signed yet. Yeah, yeah that's that's a <laughs> lot of moving parts right there. For a lot sure. of moving parts. And now my thing is, now with with um, Cole being in that car, that 41, would that pretty much mean that that car is going to have Haas on it almost every weekend, or does he bring money with him? How does that? How is that going to work over there? You know, that is... Because Suarez brought a little bit with him, that's when a, he came the over. $64,000 question. Um, I guess we'll wait and see on that. The, yeah. As far as I know, there weren't any sponsors announced. 
But you have some sponsors like Mobile One that are in that organization that seem at least, and again, I don't know the intricacies, obviously, of all the deals, but it seems like some of those sponsors float a little bit from car to car. So perhaps you could see some of those sponsors on on the car. But, um, you know, people will ask, well, you know, Gene... Why wouldn't Gene have just left Suarez in the car? Well, look, again, Joe Custer has done an awful lot for that organization. Yeah. And this isn't, look, I, I am so, I'm so tired of the daddy money mantra that fans bark every time a young kid comes up and, and gets in a situation like this. Um, Cole missed winning an Xfinity championship by this much. But but the thing is, you know, he's I, earned the opportunity. But the thing is, like you just mentioned, the whole daddy money thing. Um, all of these drivers, not saying all of them, let's take that back. Ninety percent of these drivers have to have some kind of money to race. Racing's not cheap. They may not come from like I'm talking millions and millions right. and millions. But all of you, all these drivers have to have money at least to be able to buy a car to go race. So all of them have a little bit of money. Well. Well, Not yes. a ton, but you have and, to have money to race. Well, that's the whole key. And I just get tired of people demeaning some of these drivers, for example, like a Cole, by saying, well, yeah, he was just giving the ride because daddy's high up. There. Look, yeah. go look at Cole's record, dog on it. The kids earned the opportunity. If you had a bunch of money and a son and you and your son wanted to go cup racing, You'd buy him a cup ride. That's what you do, okay? In this case, Joe Custer has worked very, very hard for Stuart Haas for a number of years in a very key role. And Cole has done everything that's been asked of him to come up through the organization and and put himself in this position to to get an opportunity. So, um, you know, I I get tired of that. And I hear it about kids even at the short track level. Well, daddy money, daddy money. Well, you know, just shut up. And you know. Shut up. And this isn't me saying he's going to go out there and bad, have a bad year because I have no idea. But I'm just saying um, that if he goes out there and does have a bad year, then everybody's going to say, see, look, uh, he had a bad year and he bought that ride, so on and so forth. But all the other young men who come into a cup car at a young age, their first year usually struggle it's as hard. well. It's tough. It's, it's a hard. huge jump. Like Cup's People hard. don't think it's that easy of a jump. You look at exactly. it and you're like, oh, it's just one step up. I mean, you see it in all sports. Look at college, the NFL. The same thing happens. It's a very big step up because there's so much more attention, number one. There's so much more for a driver to do and focus on and learn. And, you know, in, in, in Xfinity, there may be eight to ten cars at most that can win. In Cup, there's about 17 or 18 that can win and run in the top five. So, you know, this is um, – there's no comparison – And Cole, I'm sure, understands he's going to have to learn. But here's the deal. What a rookie class next year. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Remember the big three from Xfinity? There's your rookie class. All three of them. Cole Custer, Chris Bell, and Tyler Reddick. And I don't know if we've had a rookie class that is that outstanding and and, and, in that strong since uh, Junior Kenseth back in... Whenever that was, 2000 or whatever year it was, it was uh, a while. But this is going to be a really fun rookie class next year for sure. And they're all in very good equipment and all capable of uh, 
doing big things in their first year if they learn. So with that, we step aside. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Well, we're going to wait for uh, Jacob Seelman to call him before we get into detailed uh, analysis of the three races, because I want him to be a part of that. But uh, Ross Chastain bringing us back from break gives me a chance to talk about the fact that um, there were three GMS-affiliated trucks out of four running for the championship and did none of them win it. And now I think we've got uh, Jacob on the line, actually. Jacob yes, Seaman from Speed Sport. Is that you, sir? Hello, hello, Jacob. I'm here. Oh. I, I got I got, 
<laughs> they you they click you can blame your producer for that one. James clicked me in so quick that I got about the last two words, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure you were cueing me. So, see, James uh, uh, James was too good, is what I was you're saying. Ready he did to his go. job too well. Uh, is is how that works. So, all right, Jacob. So uh, since Ross brought us back from the break, and I kind of segued into the truck conversation, and now you're on the line with us. Um, you and I were chatting earlier today and talking about the truck race, and of course, <laughs> there's always one where we all just uh, look like a ship of fools on this show because we always just completely blow the pick. And we all said, Matt Crafton, not going to win. Matt Crafton doesn't have enough speed. Matt Crafton stats aren't good enough. Matt Crafton hadn't been going fast enough. Um, and Matt Crafton basically just looked at us and said, hold my beer. Um, and then went out and basically smoked the other three that he was racing with finished behind only Austin Hill uh, who I don't think any of us would have picked to win the race, to be honest. And that's why we run these truck races and why I always say on any given week, there's 12 trucks that could win and you just really never know. And Matt Crafton saved his best performance of the year for when it counted and won the championship without winning a race. <laughs> Did he ever? And you know what? I have had a lot, I had a lot of time on the drive home today to really just reflect for a while and think about uh, everything that transpired over the weekend when I was at Homestead, Miami, but particularly Friday night, because the more I thought about all this, the more that I said to myself, good grief, I was stupid for not thinking that this is how it was going to happen, because number one, and Scott Zipidelli actually told me on pit road during the morning practice, he, he kind of snuck up on me while I was uh, photographing trucks in turn four. And I looked at Scott. I said, so uh, what's, what's the status here? And, and right about that time, the 16 came by. He says, you see that? He said, remember that for later tonight. And he was right because basically – Hattori Racing Enterprises has Homestead figured out better than anybody else, and that's why Austin Hill won the race. It had nothing to do with uh, with any of the championship contenders laying down on the job or anything else. That 16 truck is just that freaking good at Homestead Miami right now. They've done their homework, and it doesn't matter what driver they put in that truck. It's a bullet, and it's going to go to the front. And that's exactly what happened. As for the Matt Crafton portion of this conversation... Other than Matt Weaver, who I still dispute the accuracy of this if he hadn't actually put it in print on Thursday afternoon, but other than Matt Weaver, who swore up and down on his life going into Friday night's truck race that Matt Crafton was going to, to make fools out of all of us, and he did, if you, ha if you say you had Matt Crafton winning this championship, put your hand down because you're a liar. You're a cold liar at that because... Matt Crafton didn't look like anything, as we all talked about on on these our pair of shows here, for about three weeks leading into this. And sure enough, uh, when it counted, he brought his A-game, and I felt like, honestly, Tom, I was watching Deja Vu. I, I felt like I was watching a replay of the 2018 
Truck Series title race, where, if you remember, the two GMS trucks that were in that fight, which were at that time uh, Johnny Sauter and Justin Haley, right. if you remember, they were so good going into the, going into that race, and they weren't worth jack squat at Homestead, Miami. And if you look at the three trucks that were not named Matt Crafton, you've got one proper GMS truck, one truck that's literally built in the GMS shop being Stuart Friesen's truck, and a third truck in the Nice Motorsports 45 that gets their technical support from GMS Technologies. Three GMS trucks, and they all, after being so good during the year and coming in with all this momentum, they all fell on their faces when it counted most. I don't know what it is about Homestead, Miami, that GMS just can't seem to wrap their arms around. But I promise you, that is a team that is oh so thrilled that the championship race is going to ISM Raceway in 2020, which is a track that they have performed much better at over the last few years. They well, were awful at this race. Well, the, you know, it's, it's interesting because... You use the word awful, and I, I wouldn't use the word awful. I don't think they were awful. I would say they were lethargic. They just didn't have the speed. And I don't know what it is, but none of them seriously challenged, for the most part, during the race. Not a single one of them seriously challenged Matt Crafton. Um, and Crafton really... Again, there were a lot of people on social media that delegit tried to delegitimize this by saying, well, he didn't win a race. He has no business being the champion. Listen, they did everything that they were asked to do by the rules. And they got to the final four. It becomes a one-race shootout. All four of them are tied at zero. If you want to win a championship, you go out, you beat the other three drivers. And that's exactly what Matt Crafton did. And so I take nothing away from that. I take nothing away from the Thor Sport team. And by the way, if anybody out there listening would care to call and challenge me on this, I'm happy to debate you. 704-873-1400. 704-873-1400. Uh, feel free to give us a call, share your opinion. It's a family show, so keep it uh, reasonable. But, um, you know, we'd love to hear your your, your thought on on how this is uh, illegitimate. If you don't like the, the format the way it is, then you can petition NASCAR to change it. And I probably wouldn't dispute you if we could find some way of, you know, I, I mean, you probably, I don't think you probably saw the post, but I put a post, Jacob, out on right after the race, after I saw all this ugliness about Crafton's win, my post basically said this, okay, I'll fix this in one rule change. Only winners can fight for the championship. If you don't win during the season, you cannot run for the championship. There. Happy? And everybody was... I, I, I will argue you I will argue you all the way into next But you but you won't, be, that, Jacob. That, you you won't because I really I'm not I'm not arguing for it. It was it was just a reaction, basically. That was my way of saying, okay, I'll fix this for you. Un, but until the rule says that then, because here's what would happen, okay? You would get somebody who would who would absolutely win by a fluke, and I'm just gonna I, I I'm just gonna use Justin Haley at Daytona as an example, okay? Haley goes out wins Daytona, and then by some miracle, now obviously I know there are a lot more guys in the truck 
Cup Series, blah, blah, blah. But let's just say this was a truck deal. And he goes and he wins the championship by some fluke again at Homestead. Those same fans are going to say the same thing, even though the kid won a race. So, you know, that wasn't me saying we should change the rule. It was me just as a way of saying, okay, y'all, you know, then here's what we'll do. Now you go figure out how to make that one totally fair. There is no way to prevent all scenarios here. No way possible to prevent all scenarios. I don't think we need to do anything. Matt Crafton went and won, period. He did. And here, here's, the, here's the bottom line on this. We almost had this scenario play out five years ago during the first elimination playoffs for the Cup. Ryan Newman, right? Ryan Newman yeah. finished second to Kevin Harvick yep. and hadn't won all year. Yep. Matt Crafton just found a way to pull it off this year. And you know what's funny? There was a lot of irony in this as well because it was Matt Crafton himself who went on a huge rant after the regular season finale for the trucks at Michigan in August about how he it would have been a travesty if he had missed the playoffs with the, the best average finish in the series at that point and being second in regular season points because there was a scenario where if somebody knew had won, they would have knocked him out. And right. Sheldon Creed, Creed, I think, finished second in that race, as a matter of fact. So, you know, it, it was close to happening. But he goes on this rant and says, you know, how much of a shame it would be because back in his day, um, you know, putting an entire season together uh, meant something. And, you know, now you now you can get somebody that just flounders around all year and, you know, goes out and, and manages to put together a performance and win at Homestead. Oh, wait, what did, what did that Crafton just do? Hello, irony. Yeah, well, and and even if you think about that, you can turn that on its head, too, because you can say, well, Matt had the best average finish. What you're saying there, I could make the argument that what you're saying is Matt Crafton was the best of the not good enough because he hasn't won anything. Win and you're in. So if Creed had went and won and not Crafton out, I would have had no problem with that either because, again, you're supposed to be racing to win. And the truth is that Thor Sport, for the most part, with all due respect, I love that team. I love the drivers. I, I mean, I just think they're, it's a great team. But as we go to break, my, my, my statement is that Thor Sport, for the most part, was off this year and they didn't have the speed necessary to go win a bunch of races. Sauter did, but he didn't make it through the playoffs. And so we had what we had, and Crafton's your champion, and I'm just really happy for all of them. We'll be back with more of Jacob and more of the show presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to League Lap, uh, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And, of course, uh, want to acknowledge a couple of our other partners in motorsports for this show as well. We have strutmasters.com, the suspension experts. You'll hear from them later. And we also have, of course, a mycomputercareer.edu uh, training for a better life. And again, if you're looking for a change in career or just a first career, my computer career might give you a great option. IT is a growing field. It is going to continue to grow right into the 2020s. So um, check out mycomputercareer.edu. And you could be an IT professional in as little as four months. We have on our strutmasters.com hotline, Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport. We talked to Jacob the last segment about trucks. And we didn't get to say too much about Austin Hill's win, Jacob. But um, the uh, again, as you said, that truck was, was wired for uh, Homestead this past weekend. Do we know... Is Austin Hill signed for 2020? Will he be back in that truck? 
absolutely. He was signed about a month ago. In fact, Good. I think we talked about it on our motorcycle. We probably show. did, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, every once in a while, my aging brain just uh, can't hold enough data, so it just drops uh, data out of its uh, out of its hard drive. Um, oh, and so, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked that Austin's going to yeah. be back. Well, uh, he proved his uh, he proved that he belonged. He had a good season, and uh, I think by the end of the season they got pretty comfortable with each other. And and uh, again, the truck series really changed a little bit. I think the uh, the atmosphere in the series changed for the longest time. You know, you had KBM, and then once in a while you get a Thor Sport or a GMS or whatever. But KBM was they were kind of the bullies. And it's not that way anymore. The uh, the new motor package has taken care of that. Um, and, of course, KBM is still very competitive and capable of winning. But there just there doesn't seem to be a dominant team, which I love in the series right now. It's very, very competitive. And we said we were going to get to that point, didn't we, with these... Uh, we hoped, yes. Uh, and... And we have gotten there, but uh, we have. <laughs> yes, KBM is very capable. Just look who came home and won the owners' championship. And I'll tell you what, Christian Eckes did a bang up job in that fifty-one truck to do exactly he what he had. The fact that Christian was able to step in and beat the other three guys, Stuart Friesen, Ross Stane, and Brett Moffat, that he had to beat to win that owners' championship was darn impressive, if you ask me. He. Uh, I think in winning that owner's championship for KBM, Christian Eck has proved that he's here in the truck series in a really big way. And that's a good thing, considering that uh, last week, Thursday, they announced that he is going to be full-time in the number 18 Safelite Autoglass Toyota Tundra with KBM, alongside his uh, rookie teammate, Rafael Lassard, who's going to be in the four for 2020 so uh, an infusion of youth coming to the truck series i think kbm's got some stuff to look forward to but you're right it is a different atmosphere and for austin hill i mean when we started the year uh i can honestly say i would never have thought that we would be talking about austin hill and hattori racing enterprises ha- uh being tied for the series lead and wins by the end of it i'm bush because he's kyle bush i'm talking about non-Kyle Bush people here. He was tied with Brett Moffitt with four wins on the season. And aside from Kyle, those two uh, had the most and were yeah. very, very impressive. You know, yep. it was just, it, it was six points that prevented Austin from being able to uh, basically use that win to win a championship in Miami. But I think what he proved by going and winning in Miami is that 16 team is going to be a very formidable force next year now that austin has been to all the racetracks he's got a year under his belt he's comfortable now with uh scott zipidelli and i i believe and i wouldn't have said this nine months ago but i believe austin hill is now a driver who's ready to win a championship and you know for somebody who's watched him since he came through legends cars years ago that's exciting to see the growth and see how far Austin has come, particularly over the last year, from the time that he jumped over from Young's Motorsports to Hattori Racing. I think Scott Zipidelli's been a tremendous influence on him. And look out, because 
they're going to have a bullet again next year. And that team's also very good at ISM Raceway, oh, by the way. Well, yeah. And uh, again, I agree with you. And I think that uh, familiarity breeds competitiveness in this case. And I definitely agree that I think Austin certainly uh, is a threat for 2020 for the championship. You mentioned Young's Motorsports. I'm just going to take a minute here and throw a shout out to the driver that picked up the ride in the 20 truck for the last couple of races of the year when uh, Spencer Boyd could not uh, fill the seat. And Colby the Kid Howard out of Simpsonville, South Carolina, is an 18-year-old that I have done some work with, and I know Colby very well. I know his dad. I know his grandfather, I, and, and it's a pleasure to know all of them. They're all great people, and I'm going to tell you, if there's a driver, I would consider Colby the very best short track racer who has not yet been signed to a truck opportunity. And I think Colby, if given the right opportunity, I think that kid is going to go all the way to cup. And I've believed it since the start. He's just, he's got the right mindset. He's got the right temperament. He learns very quickly. He's cool under pressure. You very rarely see him lose his temper or do anything he shouldn't do. Um, that's a young man with a great potential. And he was as high as 13th at one point yesterday or Friday, rather at, um, uh, Homestead in only his second start, which is awfully good considering that, uh, his first two tracks of the cup series were ISM and Homestead, not necessarily the two easiest tracks. And especially given that he came in, right at the end or the peak of the championship run with all of that pressure and the, the big stage and everything that was going on and just uh, went out log laps and did a nice job in both races. He did. Um, it was quiet, certainly, but uh, he didn't cause any trouble. He, uh, he turned laps, turned some good laps. I was able to watch him on the stopwatch a little bit during that truck race uh, Friday night. And, he just did. A, he just ran a very clean race. It wasn't anything necessarily to write home about. But as a young driver, if you're trying to find your footing, that's what you want. You want to just go out there, gain respect, and, and much right. like Colby did, not get in the way of the championship battle. Exactly. He, I think he accomplished those goals, and should he be able to get another opportunity next year, perhaps with with Youngs, or even if it comes with another team in the Truck Series, uh, I would be optimistic about his. Uh, his chances. The one thing I can say just from from a couple of various sources as I've talked to people in the garage area over the weekend, uh, right now, Tyler Young does not have anything confirmed for the 2020 season. There are some lines out and there are some people, uh, there are some drivers that he's talked to in regards to 2020, but uh, we know, uh, at least we know from when we talked to Spencer Boyd a few weeks ago, uh, that he is, I believe, largely going to be looking at uh, advancement and looking at Cup Series opportunities well, with Bruce uh, Boyer Racing for, for 2020. I, but, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, I, I am not at all sure that's the case. I, I think um, I've spent some time with Spencer, and I, I, think, I think Spencer's open to whatever gives him the best opportunity to go out and perform the best. And if that, if that ends up being a truck then that's fine. If it's an Xfinity car, that's fine. 
Um, you know, I don't know that Spencer's necessarily sold on a cup opportunity at this point. I think he's open to, you know, what comes his way. And I know he's got some interesting things he's working on from a, a sponsor standpoint going into the off season here. So, um, I actually would be pretty confident in saying that I would think it's more likely that you see him back in a truck or maybe in an Xfinity car than it is that you see him in a cup car, unless the sponsors are kind of pushing him in that direction. And obviously, if, if you're a sponsor and you can get an opportunity at the top level of the sport, you're, certain, you're, you're not going to turn it down. Well, I know that. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on, you know, a lot of times it's, it's funny the way it works sometimes because some sponsors just want to be in cup and they'll sacrifice a bit of performance to just sort of be in that world. And there are certainly some valid reasons why you would want to do that from a business standpoint. For other sponsors, they would rather be more competitive, sort of a bigger fish in a lower series, being more upfront, get more time on TV, whatever. Um, all of it depends on the company and the company's objectives. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Spencer and what happens with Young's Motorsports, because as you said, um, you know, right now Tyler didn't have anything signed, and you know he's he's at a a a, a juncture right now with that organization where. I think you you get those transitional drivers, the ones that that are either looking for the first opportunity or they're looking, you know, to to go out and be competitive, but they know that they don't necessarily have the budget or maybe the experience even to go to a Kyle Busch or a Thor Sport or a GMS. And Young's uh, Tyler and, and that team have done an excellent job of putting themselves. Uh, in a position to run inside the top 10. Um, so I think uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what comes for Tyler and his group and also uh, for Spencer. And, and I hope that Colby gets some further opportunity. We're going to step aside for a moment. When we come back, we're going to talk Xfinity. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk Cup Series as well. Back with more of Jacob Seelman and back with more of Lee Lap right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. 
Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to League Lap here on, uh, well, we were on w, We're on WSIC TV 25.2 in Charlotte. We're also live on the Performance Motorsports Network. But, of course, uh, you can hear us uh, on demand through pretty much any of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, usually within about uh, 24 hours of showtime. Just uh, search Race Chaser Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Chances are we are probably there. Tom Baker and James Malik, we call him Red, in the studio at WSIC in Statesville, along with uh, Jacob Seelman, who is joining us via the Strutmasters.com hotline uh, this evening. And we've been talking homestead, talking trucks, um, and want to talk Xfinity in this segment first, because... I think you will agree with me, Jacob, that that clearly was the best, most exciting throwdown of the weekend. And you really didn't know who was going to pull it off until almost the last lap. It was just a great race. And, of course, at the end of it all, Tyler Reddick walks off with his second championship in a row, this time with Richard Childress Racing uh, in the 50th year for rcr uh a special time for all basically oh without a doubt and to be clear on your first point that you made if you didn't enjoy that xfinity race you probably don't have a pulse because (laughs) exactly that was i i rarely get up out of my chair when i'm in the media center at the racetrack me and several other people in the media center were on our for about the last 10 laps. And if I'd have had the space to do it, I probably would have been, or not the last 10 laps, the last 30 laps, I should say. Um, and, and right after that last hip stop. And if I had the space to 
do it, I probably would have been pacing because <laughs> it was the intensity was ridiculous. Uh, the big three and even Allgaier, when he snuck up in there briefly, put on a whale of a show. And as you mentioned, that's it. I don't know that if Tyler Reddick could pull off that uh, that slider war with Cole Custer twice if he tried it, but that was one of the most impressive moves to take control of a race that I've personally seen in a long, long time. And Reddick basically said, "Not you're you're not taking this away from me," and it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Well. I yeah I agree. I mean, it, when they started swapping the lead back and forth, and I actually thought that was going to go on for a little longer than it did. Um, but you know, once uh, Tyler got out there the second time, basically it you know he was just gone. But uh, I mean, those two put on a great race, and really, uh, it's kind of fitting. I think that it came down to the two of them because you know I think that Cole. Cole was the guy that you would think going in because, you know, of, of his uh, his record at Homestead that, that would have been the favorite. But then last year, Tyler went and won there and smoked the field doing it. So you kind of looked at those two going in and said, it, logically, it's going to be one of these two. Um, and, you know, Chris Bell just didn't have the race car to, to keep up and neither did Justin Allgaier. It was... I mean, those two basically were non-factors. This was a Custer-Reddick shootout. The two of them are great friends. Of course, the irony of the, you know, the scuffle a few weeks ago, um, you know, and, and, and then to have it come down to the two of them. And I thought it was great when Cole basically walked on to the, to the, the post-race show when they were interviewing Tyler, when TV had Tyler. Uh, and, and they had some fun with all of that. And, and it was just a great moment, I think, for uh, for Tyler and a great moment for Richard Childress. Going to be interesting to see what they can do together at the cup level going forward and who may be in the two car uh, next year, which is certainly a ride that I think a lot of people would covet James Mellick um, because, it you know, it's proven that it can go out and win a championship. Yeah, it's proven that it can go win a championship for sure. And don't forget that Tyler Reddick is one of only a handful of drivers to win two championships, one being back-to-back, and then doing it with two, two different, different teams. teams. Yeah, that's what I said at the top of this time. Oh, sorry, was I missed that. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking no, that's at notes right. here. Um, junior, you, you know, to be able to do that... Uh, that it, just shows how... how um, Let's say mobile you are, I guess. Well, you can I just mean, do adaptable, so but, but let's face facts here. When it comes to... And Jacob will attest to this. When it comes to the Xfinity Series, both Junior Motorsports and RCR are extremely good programs. I mean, even before Tyler got there, Daniel Hamrick in his season last year in that car did everything but win. I mean, you know, and he had some moments when he should have won and bad luck happened or whatever. But that series is at the very top of it is so competitive, you know, that if if you don't win anything, everybody wonders what's wrong with you. But in reality, it's easy not to win anything. And most of junior motorsports did that this year. They didn't win anything. Noah Gregson didn't win anything. Justin Allgaier didn't win anything until very late. Um, the eight car didn't win anything. And, you know, and Michael Lynette won Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> and I think so. that kind of showed, you know, pretty much um, 
what Chevy had most of the year too. They kind of struggled to start the year off, yep. like just as a whole. Yep. Um, so I think that kind of showed, and then later on in the year, you saw in the Cup Series and all that that the Chevrolets started to come on. Uh, so I think you know next year there'll be something you have to watch in the Chevys. I agree, uh, Jacob. I, I I'll get you in on this too. I think that when you look at the Xfinity Series for next year, and you're minus the big three, but with some of the young talent that's coming in, uh, I don't think the series loses one single bit of competitive fire, but you're going to see some new faces, and it may be a year when you may see an Austin Sindrick or you know maybe a Justin Allgaier, but somebody with the experience may be able to at least temporarily uh, just jump up and, and grab control before some of these young guys can can kind of get the hang of it and but I think down the down the stretch next year you're going to have a number of drivers fighting for the championship uh and fighting to to make those last few playoff spots which I think is going to make the series once again perhaps the most exciting series uh to watch outside of obviously the trucks it's a very interesting dynamic that we've got for 2020, isn't it? Because yeah. when you look at this, as you mentioned, we lose the big three. So right off, if you're just looking, so if, if you're looking at the numbers and looking at the the veteran presences, for lack of a better term, that are left going into 2020, yep. your brain would tell you right off that okay, Justin Allgaier is likely to be a championship four driver again. Austin Sindrick would almost assuredly be a championship four driver. Brandon Jones, I think, will have a shot to be a championship four driver. And then when you look a little deeper here, um, it, that's where it gets interesting because somebody like Harrison Burton, who's coming into a very good situation taking over Christopher Bell's ride, he could be a threat for the final four, really on the standpoint of he's not coming in as a through rookie, he's already got uh, close to 10 starts with uh, with Joe Gibbs Racing and working with some of the same people that are going to work on the 20 car for him next year. And he has shown very, very well among the top 10 in several of those races already. So I think Harrison is somebody who could easily, uh, easily be a threat here. Um, Chase Briscoe, if he's able to come back, with Stuart Haas racing. That's not confirmed yet, but should Briscoe be able to come back? Uh, I think it's highly likely that that Briscoe is a serious threat for a Final Four spot. Um, I'm not sold on Riley Hurst yet as far as a full-time presence at Joe Gibbs Racing. I think he may struggle a little bit, but even Noah Gregson. I mean, Gregson struggled to find some consistency this year, but I believe that coming back to some of these places next year for a second and third and, and in some cases fourth time, I think that nine team will be a lot better now that Noah's got some chemistry with Dave Ellens as well. And I, I think it's going to be a very entertaining mix, just like it was this year. Just uh, some of the names that maybe we didn't think of as threats for much of this year because the big three uh, really kind of ruled the headlines. But uh, just you know, one more thought for me. On, on the Xfinity Series title tilt, uh, as we mentioned, Tyler Reddick. Uh, Tyler Reddick becomes the second driver in NASCAR history, joining a category that only holds Buck Baker in it right now from 1954 and 1955 in the Cup Series. 
as a driver to win back-to-back championships with two or more, in Buck Baker's case, teams. Uh, he won his first title, uh, Baker did, with Tikafer in 54, and then yeah. came back with, like, pieced together like three or four different rides to win the second championship. So to see Reddick do it with JRM and then come over to RCR and just kind of knock their socks off was impressive. Um, I think it's a statement, and uh, Richard Childress is very bullish about Tyler Reddick uh, going into 2020. Yeah. The entire two crew on the Xfinity side is coming with him to the Cup Series, including crew chief Randall Burnett and spotter Derek Nealand, who will not be spotting Tyler Reddick. And uh, that, that's going to be a really, really, really big deal, I think, for that, for that entire bunch. And uh, I very much look forward to seeing what they can put together next year because well, you bring the whole team to the cup level, and I think I, I know your opinion on RCR's equipment, but I, I believe, as Richard says, Tyler's going to put people to work, and Tyler himself will not stand for those cars not driving up to snuff next year. Well, I just, again, I look at what I see, and I don't, I don't, Except that this is a Daniel Hemrick problem, and I don't accept it's an Austin Dillon problem. Um, if you don't accept it's, it's a Daniel Hemrick problem, you have to consider that both he and Tyler Reddick drove the same equipment in truck and Xfinity, and Reddick won in both teams, whereas Daniel Hemrick did not. Reddick had a, had a full year of experience, the championship under his belt when he showed up at RCR this year, and you cannot discount that. I will postpone my judgment on Daniel Hemrick until I see what he does in his 21 starts to the eight car next year, which, oh, by the way, was oh for the season in 2019. We'll be back with Cup Conversation and Jackson Gill coming up shortly as well. More of Lead Lap right after this. Stay with us. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com, and you should, because they are the leaders for a reason. It's not just that they have uh, the finest variety of driver safety equipment, uh, seats, radios, the whole nine yards, but uh, those guys helped some of these series, including NASCAR, write some of the safety specifications for belts and such. So they are truly experts in their field and highly respected. HMSMotorsport.com, Tom Baker and James Mellick in the studio here at WSIC. And Jacob Seelman is on the Strutmasters.com race line. We've been chatting with Jacob for a while here, and uh, we've talked trucks. We've talked uh, and, uh, the Xfinity series. We're now going to talk about, and it's no longer as of the end of the race in Miami, basically. It's no longer the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. So uh, Men Cup is now gone. And next year, a new um, model for sponsors or partners, as I like to call them, um, and so there won't be an exclusive title sponsor for the cup series in 2020 and beyond. Okay, Jacob. So Sunday, uh, the grand finale cup series, you had four hot dogs vying for the biggest bun. And, uh, you know, again, the guy that we probably least thought <laughs> because he hasn't won since June, Kyle Busch steps up. The team went error-free, and by God, he went out and won his second championship. And now all those so-called pundits and fans who wanted to delegitimize the first championship because, well, he had the audacity to spot every other driver in the field 11 races and still kick their butt, won the title. Um, Well... You can't delegitimize this one. So what did you think of yesterday's race, sir? 
<laughs> well, I'm going to go back to a few comments uh, I made, and I actually I, I want to give a plug to uh, our friend Kelly Crandall at uh, racer.com for inviting me on to the Racing Riders podcast, uh, which we actually did on the front stretch at Homestead, Miami, long after the, well, I say long after the race had finished, uh, but when the uh, championship portraits and partying and all that was really just beginning. Um, and, and I'm going to use some of, the, some of the comments that I made there here because uh, I, I still very much believe them, starting with... This was just the most Kyle Busch thing ever, wasn't it? Uh, in a year where he was just downright vocal, abysmal, mouthy about the package. He hated it with a passion. He comes out as the champion of said package. It's just that kind of irony seems to be the, the Kyle Busch way year of late and it was i just kind of shook my head and went of course he won the championship because well why not adam stevens said this echoed 2015 and it really did in a lot of ways minus the broken uh the broken leg and foot of course um because he went on a real cold spell and didn't do squat for 90 percent of the playoffs and then hit a walk off when it mattered at homestead miami but tom tom there are three words here that I'm going to bring to the table that you preach to the choir, and you've done it for five years, as long as, as, long as I've known you. Don't Be beat yourself. yourself. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, yep. and, you, and that is exactly what happened. Kyle Busch did not beat himself and all of his competition absolutely unequivocally fell apart when it mattered. Uh, I, 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 to, I'm still, I, I'm flabbergasted that number one, a team the caliber of the of which that Cole Pern leads, but a team at the cup level. Period. I'm flabbergasted that you have a, an issue like putting the front tires on the wrong side of the race. Car. Like, yeah. Uh, when they said that, I, I, I literally, I had to like bang my head, bang the side of my head, and I thought there was something in my ear that I, I, I had to have misheard that. What? No, but, but it actually happened. I'm like, this, this is, this is so bizarre, and it, it, it's so bizarre, it's not even funny. And yet, Truex still with a bullet fast race car, the fastest race car in Miami, yeah, quite yeah. frankly. Well, uh, came back and came back and almost won the darn thing. He finished second to to Kyle Busch just because he didn't have the track position. But then you've got the the super sized piece of tape that they put on Denny Hamlin's grill that caused Old Faithful to start exploding outside yeah. of his race car. And and Kevin Harvick who just didn't have the speed and they had to go to a a long pit strategy and hope that fresher tires at the end were going to work. And it just it just didn't. It, no, it, it just it, Harvick was in a box quite frankly, but the other two Gibbs stars absolutely beat themselves, without a doubt. Well, if we got a late race caution, I think Kevin might have had a shot, but I, I, I think Kyle Busch was the man of the hour, and, you know, it wasn't the greatest race in the world, but it it definitely was an interesting uh, championship fight right down to the very end, and I was happy for Kyle, and I think that um, obviously... You know, it was funny because I saw somebody, and I should have uh, screenshotted the tweet, but somebody on Twitter 
yesterday was talking about the exact thing that you and Kelly were were or you were talking about with Kelly and in the statement the the quote was something like for a guy who gets all the free M&Ms he wants he doesn't seem very happy a lot of the time right right or you know does he and, and I just started laughing I said well you know something to that I think um eat a Snickers um but uh yeah good to see him win it and obviously this now uh, I think strengthens his position in 2020 that uh, Kyle Busch is not going anywhere fast. You know, he's yeah. got a few years left, James. Um, you know, Kyle's got this. He's got it right where he wants it at this point. He knows he can win a championship. He's going to go for a third. Joe Gibbs Racing is going to be as strong as ever in 2020. Yeah, congratulations, TRD, on winning yep. the manufacturer title and Kyle winning. Um, I picked it at the preseason. You know, I wanted Kyle when it all started to win it all. There for a while, I got a little bit nervous. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt like he would make it into the Final Four easily. Yeah. Uh, but with the momentum sliding away from him slowly, I got a little nervous there at Homestead. But I still had to stick with my original pick. I did. He he won the race. It was nice to see that. But, um, you know, something else happened this weekend as well. Uh, all three of the manufacturers came home with a title. The Ford won the truck championship. Sherrod Chevrolet won yep. in Xfinity. And Toyota took the top prize home in uh, the cup car, so all three manufacturers coming out with some hardware this year. They all got a piece of I the... Love, I love parody, by the way, just to yeah. jump in there and say that. I thought that... Uh, well, somebody pointed that out after the cup race Sunday night, and I just, I just smiled. I said, well, that's, that's rather appropriate when we've spent all season talking about Toyota kicking everybody's butt. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was... I was... It was interesting. It was a... I think it was a great year overall, uh, and looking forward to 20 in NASCAR is now saying that they may make some changes to the short track part of the package for next year. Thank God. I hope they do, but I want to move you on, Jacob, while we've got you for a few more minutes here, because I don't know if you even had a chance to see this, but while you were busy being embroiled in what was going on in Homestead, the NHRA race was also going on. And it was the old Ken Squire 79 call. And there's a fight. Did you see this between Steve oh, Torrance? Did, did I ever see it? And quite <laughs> frankly, I can't, I can't believe that Steve Torrance, who prides himself on keeping his composure and staying cool under pressure, I couldn't believe that Steve Torrance let a kid from California like Cameron Furry rattle him like that. That blew my mind, yeah. quite frankly. And then to see how he reacts, it's like, you won the round, Steve. Let it go. I agree. And, and he won the championship, so all's well that ends well. But it's, it's just one of those things of like, I think we were all blown away because you never see that in the NHRA. It's like, wait, no. wait. What? That's <laughs> that I had to look at it twice to believe I was actually seeing it. Uh, but Cameron, who looks like he's 16, but he's actually 34. He's married with a kid. Uh, Cameron was ready to go right after him. I mean, he he, you know, he was ready to to throw down. And, and of course, you know, the crews, the crews did what NASCAR crews don't do. They just separated the drivers and everybody walked away. It was amazing. The crews didn't get into a fight. They did it exactly the way it should have been done. Um, no, I, I just I thought that was uh, Bush League on Steve Torrance's part. Um, deep staging has been a part of drag racing forever and ever. And 
you know, it's a technique that is used more often than, than, you know, a lot of fans realize. And I wasn't surprised that uh, it would be used in that situation because obviously you have a difference in equipment there and, you know, and Cameron's trying to get every bit of the advantage he could. And so uh, just was really surprised to see that. And I wanted to get your two cents on it. I know Torrance basically apologized later, but, you know, no excuse for that. And no, he no, needs not to, at all. You know. Hey, can I, I know I'm going to push your clock just a second yeah. here and I apologize. We're, we got about I, a minute. I, yeah, no, I just want to jump in real quick uh, because that, that, this was the craziest Sunday in NHRA that I've seen maybe ever. Um, to see Andrew Hines in pro stock motorcycle red light by a country mile in the first round and then still managed to win the pro stock motorcycle championship just because Jerry Savoie's bike broke in the final and Gianna Salinas, the son of, uh, or huh, sorry, uh, I misspoke there easily. Uh, the daughter of Mike Salinas who runs in right. fuel to see her win her first pro stock bike race, uh, in, in that bizarre fashion, it was wild. Uh, Robert height winning his third funny car title is awesome. And I think it, it cements Robert as one of the elite in that class. And to see Erica Enders get her third title in pro stock after everything that girl has been through, my hat was off to her of anybody in this whole deal on Sunday. I love that for her, for Richard Freeman, for Elite Motorsports. Bravo, Erica, and great to see her get back to the top of the heat. 100%. And I I uh, wanted to talk with you a little more, but we're out of time here, Jacob. So uh, we appreciate you spending the time with us and look forward to uh, talking with you again on Thursday night on Motorsports Madness. You'll be back on the road, but uh, definitely excited to uh, to chat some more with you. So uh, that is Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport and SprintCarMidget.com. We'll be back with Jack Gill two-time winner of the Dirt Car Sportsman Race at Charlotte on the dirt track uh, when we come back. Stay with us. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up! 
you can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Kind of goes a little bit with a song I've had in my head all day. You ever get one of those songs in your head, James, that you just can't get out? You're just hearing it all day long? Oh, yeah. I get them all the time. It's called an earworm. And the biggest thing I was told you doing that, I don't know if it's real. I haven't tried it, but I was told, sing the last line. It'll go away. I don't really? know if that's the case. That's what somebody told me. They said, if you sing the last line of the song, you don't have to worry about it because you won't want to sing it anymore. And I'm like, okay. Well, well you know, I could, try, I could try that with... Uh, the song from the day, but I don't think it'll. I don't think it would work with that because also the title today's earworm in my head is one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. That is a by good George song. George Thorogood. That's a good song. Yeah, I've. Uh, that was my very first rock concert that I ever went to. George, George Thorogood, Thorogood, the Delaware Destroyers, and boy, oh boy. Yeah, he puts what on a, a good show, show. They put on. Yeah, he's got some songs that I remember growing up as a kid. You know, Bad to the Bone. I drink alone. I drink oh, yeah. all that stuff. My yeah. dad listened to it. I, yeah, that's good music we right there. We could talk some Thorogood for hours, uh, all about Ju- Lonesome George. Okay, um, we got we to got get to our guest here. Uh, Jackson Gill is with us now on the Strutmasters.com guest line. And uh, Jackson is uh, from northern New York State, uh, as in northern New York State. Uh, everybody from that isn't from this part of the country, when I, oh, you're from New York, they think, you know, the city. That's all yeah. they know. New like, York City, no, that's I'm what you know. I'm from the state. And Jackson's from even further outside of New York City than I am. Up where Jackson lives, it snows even more than it does in Oswego. They get the full effect of uh, the lake effect snow up there. Jackson, welcome to the show. And, of course, um, we're happy to have you on. And the reason we have you on tonight is to celebrate, congratulate you on not one, but two back-to-back wins in the dirt car sportsman portion of the uh, Short Track World Championships here on the dirt track at Charlotte, which you won uh, just a, a few weeks ago. And it must be pretty incredible for somebody from up in northern New York to be able to come down here to Charlotte, North Carolina, and win on such a big stage. Tell us a little bit about the experience of that and what what it was like coming down here and racing and, and having this success that you've had. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. Um it was a pretty cool experience to be able to come down here. Uh, I remember two years ago when uh, we first came down, 
uh, I was like, hey, Dad, let's go down to Charlotte and uh, let's see what it's all about. I see it on Facebook all the time. Uh, I think we should try it. And uh, he was kind of iffy about it. He didn't really want to go down, but uh, I convinced him and let me go down as a Christmas present or a birthday present, actually. And uh, he let me go down. And uh, one year, I think we got 10th, and then uh, we went back-to-back wins, which was uh, really cool that we could do. And um, it was a lot of a lot of preparation, and uh, it made it makes you feel really good after you do that two years in a row. Talk about the difference, because I get a lot of people that, that actually ask me like I know anything about this, but I have a lot of people that will ask me, well, why is the dirt different and prepared different between, say, you know, here in New York or here in Tennessee or wherever? But talk about the differences in the typical track that you're used to running on the surface the, and you know what it was like to run here at Charlotte. W- was there a major difference in the, uh, in the dirt surface as you saw it? Um, it was, I wouldn't say there was too much of a difference, but uh, I would say that you did have to adapt to the track a little bit differently. Uh, it's obviously not a track that you race on every week. So, uh, you kind of have a notebook and you go off of it, but uh, you kind of go back and forth and back and forth and think, is is this the right setup? You, you don't really know, I guess, is where I'm trying to put it. And uh, you don't race there every week, so you kind of have to guess a lot. And uh, you can't run there every week and say, hey, we tried this last week and it didn't work out. It's kind of like a guessing game, really. Uh, I'd say that's about the biggest problem. Well... When you think about it, I mean, you would say, well, you know, a track is a track is a track. You kind of mentally have to go through the process of learning the track the same way, no matter where the track is. But I've heard people say that Charlotte can be tough to get a hold of for uh, some of the drivers from up there. And, of course, you're in a sportsman, which doesn't have quite, say, the horsepower of a big block uh, super dirt car modified but uh, nonetheless i mean did you find it to be a challenge to get a hold of the track yeah it was tricky the first year but uh we actually kind of stumbled upon uh, i guess you would say the hot setup down there uh on accident um we we kind of threw up a setup in it thinking it was gonna the track was gonna do this and it did the exact opposite and uh <laughs> worked out in our favor i'm i'm not exaggerating at all it, it really happened like that and uh the track it was dead slick it was rubber and we we're expecting holes and and everything else in the track and and that's kind of how it went down and, and we ended up winning the thing and i was like okay dad that's a let, let's put that in our notebook that we should probably do exactly the opposite of what we think we should be doing to the race car <laughs> well hey and sometimes that's the way to go and you know, it's really, uh, it's got to be a lot of fun to come down and race in a familiar situation in, in, a, in a totally unfamiliar set of surroundings. And you managed to win this thing back to back, which is not easy because for those who don't know the sportsman class very well, it is a class that is designed by rule and by sort of chemistry of of the rules package, it is designed to be a very even class across the board. And yet you managed to come down not once and twice, but twice and, you know, and pull this thing out. So, 
I mean, it's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it definitely felt really good. Um, I remember after winning it the first time, it was like a shock. Like, we didn't really know what to do with yeah. ourselves. We're like, we, we won this huge race, and we're like, man, did we really just do that? And uh, we were kind of contemplating going down the second year. We didn't really know if we... It's, it was our last sportsman race, of course, so we were kind of like, man, do we really want to go down there and be disappointed that we didn't win, or do we want to go down there and try to do it again? And I, I was nudging Dad the whole way. I was like, we're going to win this two times in a row. We're going we're gonna to try and do it again, and uh, that's what we ended up doing. It, it, was, it was probably more shocking the second time, honestly, than winning it the first time, just knowing that you did it two times in a row. Yeah. But yeah, this sportsman class, it's... It, you're you're searching for speed everywhere you can get. You you can't do anything with the motors or anything. It's you're searching for speed and your equipment and uh, and making sure everything is 100 percent correct all the time. So yeah, that that's probably one of the most challenging parts about the sportsman class is you can't be lacking for anything. No, not at all. I mean, it's really a, a it's and it's a great. Not only is it a great entry-level division, but it's a great division for racers who are on a very limited budget but do want to put themselves in a situation where basically they're not running against a bunch of big wallets. And I think that's the key to success. The the, the dirt car has kept the rules in line and keeps people in line and makes it very difficult for someone to get too much of an advantage. Yeah, for sure. They do a really good job with limiting the class, for sure. Uh, yeah, and it makes it so you can actually have fun and you're not worried if, man, am I going to hurt this motor? What am I going to do next week? You can uh, you can kind of plan on a little bit easier for sure. Uh, I think they do a really good job with the rule book and keeping it updated. So a guy that does race maybe once a week and compete with a guy that runs the series and runs two nights a week, uh, as you see where I'm coming from, there's not too many guys that do run as much as, let's say, a guy like me yep. and a guy that runs every week, that guy can run side by side with me, and, you know, we can have fun. It's a great class to learn and uh, adapt to the competitive racing, like going up to the small block and big block, I think. Absolutely. Yep. And, I mean, you get every once in a while a driver from a totally different discipline will pop in like Joe Gozik. Uh, and, and you know, it's it's always fun to uh, to watch that happen. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's a good time, I think, all, all across the board. Okay, not only did you win the two at, back-to-back at Charlotte, you had a really good year in general this year. Tell us about your season. Yeah, we had a really good uh season this year uh we had 46 starts uh six wins 27 top fives and 39 top tens so it, it was a pretty good year uh you know you're always trying to search for better if we did this we can do it better you know sure that competitive lifestyle it's all in our racers uh we we tried getting more wins but you know some things don't really go your way and that's kind of what happens but um, we won one race in Charlotte, of course, yep. and uh, the Weed Sport 75, that that race was really big. We came from 11th to winning it with uh, a flat left front tire, too. Oh, boy. So that, was, that was a really fun race to run, and uh, to say that you won a race with a flat left front tire is pretty cool, I, I think. <laughs> it, it was definitely an accomplishment that we really For wanted sure. to do. yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. We, we, what, what's that? Uh, go ahead. 
Uh, we we also tried winning. Well, not I wouldn't say win, but we're going to try to run really good with uh, the Oswego race that they put clay on uh, the yeah. Super Dirt Week. And uh, I don't know. We always struggle there for for whatever reason. Uh, we ended up getting eleventh, I think, and I, I felt like we had a pretty solid run. It's just you know we're always expecting more and more for sure. Well, you know, it's uh, again you you have to measure accomplishments and and you really came on strong this season and i feel like you know obviously you'd like to win all 46 of your starts but that's just not realistic and you know you you run in such a competitive class that it seems to me that uh you certainly made the most of your final year in sportsman you're going 358 modified racing next year i want to ask you to just hang on and we're going to kind of leave that as our cliffhanger before the break and we'll talk to you about your plans for 2020 around the other side of the turn we'll be back with more of jackson gill on the lead lap show presented by hms motorsport right after this parents your son or daughter has had their license for a while now but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, 
Designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lee Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker, James Mellick in the studio, and we've got Jackson Gill, uh, otherwise known as Jack, on the um, strutmasters.com hotline here as we continue to talk with him. want to talk with uh, Jack now about his plans for next year, and you uh, have told me that you want to do some 358 racing. What what were the factors that went into that decision of deciding that now is the time to take a step up from the sportsman class to the 358 class? And do you feel like you have the opportunity to put together a competitive 358 program? Because obviously that's a pretty major step, sort of like in a way going from, um, I would equate it with going from say X, uh, Xfinity to cup certainly, or, um, even from a, a late model to a to a truck series kind of deal. Yeah, um, I think the first thing that made us want to move up to the 358 class was uh, just making sure that I'm progressing and uh, learning different drivers and uh, different driving styles for sure. Uh, like when you move up to this 358 class, you're racing with guys that have raced for 20, 30 years, you know, yep. so... There's a there's a big learning curve where those guys have been racing for this long, and uh, we're just going to try to learn as much as we can in one year for sure. So um, I think one of our main reasons that we did that was for the progress for sure and uh, and see who we can race with. What's it been um, like for you? I mean, you've had, obviously, your family grew up. You know, you've grown into the sport through family, of course, but uh, what's it been like for you to, to be so young and, and yet so uh, so successful at your age? Yeah, well, we've I've come from three generations of drivers, so, yeah. and all of us have really, except for my grandpa, we've all started pretty young. My Uncle Bill, he was around 17, 18 when he first started racing, and uh, there's a big pressure when, you, when you're running against guys that are, I've been running for 20 and 10 years for sure. And uh, right when I first started, it, it was it was like, wow, I'm racing this guy that's like almost twice the age of me. It's it's, it's kind of overwhelming, but uh, as the years go on, I think you try to earn your respect and uh, make it so less, less of a topic. And uh, what really is the topic is how well you're running. I think that was my ultimate goal was to, to prove myself in this class and, uh, I feel like we've uh, proven ourselves enough to where we can run a class like 358 and uh, I've learned how to hold a line and uh, basic setups and how to communicate with setting up the car. And I feel like we've reached that point where we can successfully create a 358 team. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the main goals for the sportsman class is to first learn and then uh, adapt to running a bigger class if you're able to. Well, just to give our audience some perspective, too, if they're not familiar with kind of the northern 
uh, Northeast scene with with you guys that that run these cars. If you think about what you have in the South, for example, with you have a limited late model and then you have a NASCAR late model stock. And then, of course, if you want to go to the other side and 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 run a super late model type of situation, you could start with a pro late model and then into the supers, the sportsman class and and the 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 both the small block and big block modifieds are very much like that. And if you look at, for example, the NASCAR modifieds, well, that's obviously a New England base class for the most part at this point now. And they have the sport mods or, you know, uh, SK mods, as they call them up there, as their sort of warm-up act, so to speak. But the the amount of competition in these classes on dirt in the Northeast, you know, New York, uh, Canada, into Canada, some tracks, uh, Pennsylvania, even into Ohio, a few tracks, and 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 then some in New England too, but uh, mostly New York State and and Pennsylvania, uh, even into Virginia, very 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 competitive. A ton of cars and great fields everywhere you go. So you know, obviously, for someone like yourself, Jack, to to move into the three fifty eight division, you've just got this whole wealth. You're going to be running against drivers that you probably have looked up to for the last uh, number of years, growing up and into the sport, right? Yeah, that's going to be crazy. I I think. That's going to really hit me when I'm racing side-by-side side with somebody like that. Like guys like Larry White and guys that are have been in the series for so long and, and guys that I've looked up to for so long, it's it's going to be really surreal when I get on the track and I see their number eight side-by-side side with mine. That, that's something that's for sure going to be really cool. And I think one of the first times I've ever experienced that is when I was first starting sportsman class. I was getting off the track at Brewerton. You have to wait for all other cars to go on the track before you can, because it's like a single lane. Like, you have to wait on the track, and seeing those guys go right by side with me is, is really crazy. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for that feeling to come around. Well, I'm sure it'll be something, uh, and and I know that uh, you're going to be successful at it for sure. Okay, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity here first. I'm going to ask you who helped you make all this happen and give you an opportunity to... Uh, thank those that uh, have made it possible for you to do what you do. Yeah, uh, Bo Fleming with High Life, he's our, our quarter panel sponsor. He's he's done a lot for us. He's been on my car since I was five years old in go-karts, and he's stuck around with us for this long. Uh, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without him. And uh, Snapshots Photo Booth, uh, they've done a lot for us. They've They've helped lift the bill a couple of times for us to make sure that we can race next week, and it's a lot of help. Ken Tibbles Roofing, Ben Tucker, Todd Root, Troy Race Cars, our uh, chassis manufacturer, they've been a lot of help, and uh, they've helped me progress a lot, and uh, I could highly suggest their race cars. Uh, they've, they've made me to this good to even better uh, with advice and chassis setup and everything they they're great guys. Um, Trick Race Parts and the Ultimate Cypher, they help us with our program a lot. Uh, our Donuts Motorworks, uh, they help us put the power plant in the race car. Um, they do a lot of help for us. And uh, my family, a lot. 
goes into this program is family. Uh, the main people that work on the race cars, my family, uh, the ones that come to the racetrack with me is family. It's, it's mostly about family here and it unites us. Um, Uncle Harry, Uncle Bill, my grandpa, my grandma, my dad, my mom, uh, my cousins, Ty, Brody, Troyer, all of them, they, they come with me every week and they work in the shop every day. So wow. it's all about well, congratulations on your success. Before we get you out of here, I'm going to do a little bit of Fast Five with you here. This is basically just uh, five questions designed to be answered quickly, almost in four tires and fuel kind of form, as in a pit stop. So get ready to tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. First of all, what toppings are on the pizza? Pepperoni, pineapple, cheese. Uh, that's probably about it for me. Interesting. Okay. Favorite beverage? Uh, Mountain Dew. Can't hey, all right. You, you, we, with you on that one. Okay. Uh, if you could only keep three apps on your phone, which three apps are you keeping? Uh, Snapchat, Facebook, and uh, probably Instagram. Yeah, you can tell he's a kid, James. Snapchat was the first thing he mentioned. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, all right. Favorite movie ever? Talladega Night. Best movie ever. <laughs> Once again, Showing you can the tell age. he's a kid. Showing yeah. the age. Absolutely tell he's a kid. Okay. Last one. If you can't be a race car driver, what would you like to be? Electrical worker. Lineman. Ooh. Oh, that's, wow. That's pretty interesting. Well, that's I a, mean, I want to ask real quick since we got a couple minutes. Sure. Why do you want to go be a lineman? Why, I mean, that, I mean, that's a cool job, but I'm just curious. Why is that, yeah, why is that interesting pick. to you? Yeah, uh, I'm actually kind of going to school right now to be an electrical lineman. Uh, maybe a safety net if race cars isn't the way to go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. You always need linemen because, I mean, with all the, the weather that you can't control out there on the coast. So, well, oh, yeah. yeah, certainly a lot of opportunity to help uh, and be a part of helping others rebuild in that situation. So, uh, well, Jack, it's been a lot of fun to have you on the show and uh, look forward to following your progress for sure. And uh, again, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Thanksgiving, all the holiday greetings to you and your family. We'll look forward to catching you again as we get into 2020 and get closer to the season. Thank you. It means so much. And uh, if any of you guys listen want to follow our our race program follows on uh, Facebook at Jackson Gill Racing. There you go. Well, look that up. And again, at Jackson Gill Racing on Facebook. So uh, that is Jackson Gill. And we, again, thank him for being on and look forward to catching up with him again around the turn. And we've got about a minute left in this segment. And, uh, you know, it's amazing with some of these young drivers, you see them and, and we interview a lot of younger drivers on this show, James, and as you have come to know, and, and we get drivers from all over the country. And it's really interesting that the, the drivers from the Northeast all want to come down here and be in NASCAR, but they also are of the mentality that, well, we really, really, really want to do it. But you know what? We also really, really like what we're racing. You know, these big block modified drivers uh, are are something. And, and here's a young kid who, uh, again, has shown that he could do it, the sportsman, man. And, and he's got a, I think he's got a bright future out of him. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a bright future in front of him. You know, a lot of race wins, a lot of top tens for sure. They're mentioned back-to-back, uh, back-to-back wins here at Charlotte. I mean, yeah. to come down here to the south, 
and go to the dirt track during all that stuff they have going on down here for short track uh, championship week and to win, that speaks wonders of a driver. Absolutely. With that, we will step aside, and when we come back, it's lightning round time. Lead Lap continues, presented by HMS Motorsport, right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Lap Lightning Round segment. Uh, getting underway here, our final segment for the evening, and want to let all of you know there will be no uh, League Lap show next week, nor will there be a Motorsports Madness show. Those two shows will be off for Thanksgiving week. However, there will be 
an Inside Pass show on Tuesday of next week. Uh, So that would be the 26th at 11 a.m. Of course, Inside Pass is uh, the show that Randy Miller and I co-host. The Inside Pass airs at 11 a.m. Eastern on all of our radio signals here at WSIC. Uh, 100.7 and 105.9 FM and then 1400 AM. We're also on TV 25.2 in Charlotte and we're on continuum cable channel four in Mooresville, North Carolina. So that's very much a local show, but we are also on tune in on the tune in app WSIC or of course, WSIC FM worldwide with that show. So if you WSIC FM.com, You can get us from anywhere in the world. And of course, on any of these shows now, you're more than welcome to call in and talk with us. We have a real radio phone bank here, and uh, we always enjoy talking to our listeners. So uh, tomorrow's Inside Pass show features Lauren Rainier, one of the pioneers of driver development in the sport, and uh, know that that's going to be a great conversation. It's a one-hour show from 11 to noon on Tuesday. Okay, so... Uh, we've got uh, this last segment here, and uh, want to ask you, James Mellick, have you ever? Do you, do you? I know you didn't really race. I don't think yourself. I did a little bit when I was younger, a not a bit? whole lot. What'd you race? Uh, I raced some go kart stuff, soapbox derbies, and stuff. Did you race when you raced go karts? Was it on dirt? No, it was asphalt. Okay, so you did. Uh, did you do circle track or yep, okay. circle track? So you did circle track payment. Where'd you do that? Up in Indy, there was a little racetrack up there. Um, they had one called Lapel. Okay. And they had another one that was called, well, this one everybody should know, Anderson. Okay. So oh, that wow. One, Anderson and Lapel, that's where you I was You didn't at. race, they, they had a go-kart track there. You didn't race on the quarter mile. No, I didn't race I the quarter mile. That would be unbelievable on a go-kart. Oh, yeah. my gosh. No quarter mile. I would love to try that once, but I'd probably only do it for like two laps and not have to <laughs> come in and change my drawers because um, you would get you would hit some serious speed. Yeah, especially if you had any kind of a modified open type motor that. That's what they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean that would be unbelievable. I bet you you'd probably be flirting with hundred bucks or a hundred uh, hundred miles an hour there. We had uh, a go kart race at Shemung Speedrome the year I promoted it. Up in uh, New York in 2000 and what year? 2002. And um, that was a 3 a mile. And the uh, we kind of combined the classes for that one. And the uh, what class was it? I want to say it was a wasn't a mod open. It was it was some sort of a super stock kind of class. I can't remember what it was called. 86 mile an hour average speed. In a go-kart, that's a moving. Go-kart. I mean, that's moving in yeah, a go-kart. It certainly is. The reason I brought this up is because every year uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Kart Championship takes place. The last uh, eight or nine years or so, I think actually more than that, probably about 12 years now, uh, 13, we've been in um, Batesville, Mississippi at the Batesville Civic Center. It's the world's largest indoor dirt kart race that's pretty cool yeah i've never i've never been there or heard of that that's really cool it's uh the you can go to um o'reilly national indoor kart championship on facebook um and you can you can follow their facebook page uh and then you you go to their website uh at onikc.com we have a live stream that we do every year the race takes place on Friday and Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend 
We flirt between seven and 800 entries usually each year. Um, there are two big events on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Thunder, which happens in Georgia. It's an outdoor race. Ours is indoors, so not subject to weather. Uh, we're going to race one way or the other. And when it, when it was in Tunica, Mississippi, uh, the first several years that I announced the race, I started with it in 2001 when they moved to Tunica from Memphis. And, uh, I'm now on my 19th race call this year. And in Tunica, we, I think around 05 or 06, just before it left Tunica and went over to Batesville, we hit a peak of 1,500 entries. That's a lot. I mean, that oh, sounds incredible. Like, that sounds like chili bowl numbers there. It was, well, it, it you know, for go-karts, because you run, you know, I think we're running 21 classes a day now. Yeah. So back then, I think we had about 12 or 13. I don't think it was as many. And so it was you get classes with over a hundred entries and we start 20. And there's a lot of upset people going home. There's a lot of young well, men that you're telling, Hey, you're not racing. Well, anymore. young men, veterans, whatever it's uh it was, yeah. The prestige of just trying to win. They have, they have a trophy that uh, was created because Tunica at that point was sort of like a Vegas. Um, so a lot of casinos. So they created the, um, the, the golden slot basically. So you have, uh, it's a slot machine trophy, and it's a it's a prize trophy on your mantle. And this race is just insane. Even with only seven or eight hundred entries, um, it's still a crazy day. One of the things that Winier James does with his race that that I think is really amazing: the drivers' meeting is a huge event. What do they do there at it? Well, what? you you do the usual drivers' meeting stuff. Yep. But, but then you have a, a a truck and a flatbed trailer pull out. Okay. In front of the the grandstand where everybody sits, and there's a whole bunch of stuff on the trailer. You've got tires, go kart bodies, microwaves, bicycles, uh, stuffed animals, whatever. <laughs> when your James happens to pick tools, um, you never know what you're gonna. We've done televisions, and what they do is they give away. It's called the the, the trailer prizes. They give away four to five thousand dollars worth of prizes to the drivers each day in the drivers meeting through tickets that you get when you register. Wow! So you can walk away potentially with uh, like an extra two thousand dollars worth of stuff, well, depending on what you got. Like well, if you the, get a TV and then some tools, you can well, walk yeah, away I mean, with you, you know yeah, what yeah, stuff depends like what that. the value yeah. is. Yeah, but uh, they charger is a charger, which is one of the go kart manufacturers. They've given away a couple chassis. Um, you know, you, so yeah, you can walk away with a go-kart, wow. um, in, in the grand prize, this, this is why I bring this part of it up. The grand prize each year over the last few years has been basically an all expense paid weekend at Texas motor speedway at either of the NASCAR races the following year, because obviously it's over now, so we can't do it this year. So if you win it at our event this year, you get to use it next year. JD Motorsports, Johnny Davis and his group um, host the winner of this prize and their family. And they get to sit in uh, the O'Reilly booth there. Uh, O'Reilly, um, what do you call it? VIP up in the tower uh, at VIP suite. That's the word I want. And, and then, of course, you get into the garage area and get to hang with JD Motorsports. And it's a it's an amazing package. And so this race is it's so much more than just, OK, let's bring some go karts and put on a show. You know, we do RC racing on Thanksgiving. That's new this year. Um, they <laughs> they've had a dodgeball tournament the past several years on Thanksgiving Day. 
um, it for the kids. Uh, I don't know if they're doing doll. I think they replaced it with RC car racing this That's year because cool, you kind of yeah um, make it a family event. Well, it's not just like you know if you're yeah. traveling. <laughs> Because it sounds like with all those Save some injuries. cars there, for sure, yeah, saving injuries, <laughs> yeah. like you just said. But with all those cars there, they're not just traveling from the local area. I mean, you've right. got guys traveling from everywhere. Yeah, we so do. So this is like, mm-hmm. this is kind of some people's probably family vacation. I think and you got to make it fun. It was. I think we had 18 or 19 different states. Uh, we've had a couple of Canadians over the years that have come in and, and run. But, uh, yeah, we usually represent, um, you know, maybe a third to a half, not not half. We never, I very rarely get 25 states. But, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal, and it's a whole lot of fun. And this, the, again, there's a free live stream, and they start the stream with practice at 8 in the morning, and it just runs all day long. That's cool. So you get to actually watch the driver's meeting. So you can see the trailer full of prizes, then, of course, qualifying and racing. And, yeah, 20 cars, 10 out of round one, 10 out of round two, if we have more than 20 in the class. Um, and so it's 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 really a, a a lot of fun for me to go do on on Thanksgiving weekend, and and I I thought I would bring that up because everybody always asks me, well, why are the shows off on Thanksgiving weekend? Well, that's why it's because that's where I am. So if you want to find me on Thanksgiving, of course we have you know some media stuff prior to the start of the events. And then we go live on Thursday on Thanksgiving, usually for a while and interview some of the drivers, just kind of let you get to know and see what's going on over there. And then Friday and Saturday is the, is, is the racing. If there are any carters out there that are listening to this show, still time to get your entry forms in. Uh, you better get your parking quick because otherwise it's going to sell out. Uh, because it always it always does the best parking spots anyways the under roof parking sells out pretty quickly there's um motorhome um hookups available if you want to bring a motorhome and so uh yeah Batesville Mississippi the Batesville Civic Center it's the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Kart Championship this will be the 29th annual and uh we will have the link I will put the li- the live stream link each day on the race chaser media social media so our facebook and instagram and uh and uh and twitter will have the live stream links so you can tune in and watch some of that while you're uh trying to sit on the couch after you have the turkey and the trick to fan and take the trick to fan nap um turn the sound off on the football game and check us out we get uh we get people from all over the world that actually tune into this live stream so it's that's, it's a pretty big deal. That's really cool. That's it's really cool, and it sounds like something that a lot of people would enjoy to watch on that live stream for sure. Yeah, it reminds me of like the King of Asphalt that they run up there. Uh, oh, the, uh, the the King of Concrete, King of Concrete, yeah, Sorry, Greensboro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they run that, yep. a lot of people go there and enjoy it. So yeah. these two kind of match. Up. I used to announce that too when Ralph Lamb was promoting it, Butch Lamb, and and uh, that was when it first started, and and had a great time with that. But yeah, this is indoor dirt, so you know, quite the. Uh, Quite the experience. It takes them almost a week to put the track in and work it into sort of track form. And by the way, the guest we had on last week, RJ Valentine, his barrier system for cart tracks is what we use with the O'Reilly National Indoor Cart Championship. And um, 
it is amazing how most of the time the cart just bounces off the, keep the, the barrier and just, yeah, kicks it back into play. So it saves a lot of caution flags, a lot of damage, a lot of injuries. So, so yeah. we got about a minute here, and I yeah. want to ask you something just real quick. Sure. I saw online the Myrtle Beach 400 was shortened by 20 laps because it went so late into the night. How do you feel about that? Because I know how much you love that race. Look. So you got um, about a minute. Yeah. I mean, I don't have time to elaborate as much as I'd like to, but here's the bottom line. As a promoter, when you're at, in a situation at Sunday, you've got to curve you and you've got way too much racing to try to run in a day uh you always put your biggest race first that way you have no problem getting the biggest race in uh i feel bad for the racers tough position for steve zacharias and all the folks down there at uh, myrtle beach hopefully next year they'll learn from that mistake and, and make sure they put the late model race first that's my only criticism uh of of that deal is it should have been the first race off the line okay that's it we're done with lee lap thanks to all of our sponsors thanks to all the folks here at wsic and we'll be back in two mondays with more lee lap presented by hms motorsport bye you've been listening to lead lap radio powered by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.